Before we jump into the episode, here's a quick disclaimer about our content. The Remote Real Estate Investor Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as investment advice. The views, opinions, and strategies of both the hosts and the guests are their own and should not be considered as guidance from Roofstock. Make sure to always run your own numbers, make your own independent decisions, and seek investment advice from licensed professionals. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the Remote Real Estate Investor. My name is Emil Shore, and today I've got... Michael Album and Pierre Carrillo. And if you saw the last episode, Pierre and I walked through a recent inspection report. I covered a triplex that I bought back in November of 2020. And Pierre actually walked you through an inspection report that he's uh, currently in contract for on a property. So last person up is Michael. And just a quick recap, what we're doing is we're walking you through these inspection reports, calling out things that we see and just walking you through our thought process, giving you an over-the-shoulder look on how we look at certain items listed, how we go about addressing them, either with the seller or getting different bids, so that next time you get an inspection report, you feel confident to do the same. All right, Michael, kick us off. All right, so I'm going to be pulling up this inspection report for a property that I am also in contract for, similar to Pierre. So this is a 62-page inspection report, which oftentimes they are. And like Emil mentioned in the prior episode, the inspector's job is just to find everything that they can. And it's also important to note that inspectors, there's like a national certifying body for home inspectors, I believe it's national. And so there's set guidelines and parameters for things that they are looking for and how they report and things that they do look at and things they don't look at. So just keep that in mind. And also something it's important to keep front of mind is that inspectors are looking for safety and habitability issues, not necessarily aesthetics or rent readiness for a property. And so I've heard people in the academy talk about, oh, well, I got my inspection report and it was a $2,000 repair estimate. And then my property manager walked it and said, oh, there's an additional $5,000 in make rent ready costs. So these two people are looking at things through two different lenses. So it's really important to keep that in mind. And I always try to have the property manager walk with the inspector if at all possible, or at least walk after the inspector. So that way they can give you their two cents around, okay, well, that was the inspection safety habitability side. Now let's look at the make rent ready stuff because the inspector is probably not going to tell you if the walls are scuffed or if the, you know, the, the carpet is, is thinning, right? That's all stuff that, that a property manager is going to be looking at. So. I was just going to say, Michael, why does your house look way nicer than a mill enough? This is a short-term rental. Yeah, I'm I'm getting out of an older property uh, similar to a meal. It's about 100 years old. I did a bunch of value-add rehab work on it, and now I'm kind of done with it. So, I am uh, moving on to something, and I said, you know what? Let's go for something higher-end, fancier, less headache because I've dealt with too many headaches in the past. So, the property was built in 89. Uh, we can see here that the structure is wood, foundation, race foundation, 3-3, three, three, uh, and then some of just the basic details. And getting into the meat of the property, here's lots of disclaimers. They talk about all of the things that were inspected versus not inspected. So tell me, smoke, inte- smoke detectors were tested. There's some loose siding on the property. They're pointing out some uh, growth, organic growth on door frames. But let me find where there are some 
the things that made me take pause. And to be honest, there were not many of them, which is really nice because this is one of the cleaner inspections that I've seen. All right, so here we have a little uh, a little hideaway in one of the electrical boxes. So just something to take note of that if animals are present, rodents are present, present, there's a way and a reason that they're present. So look to find out how they're getting into the area and how you can keep them away. Is that a, so is vegetation, that, a mouse? that was a mouse. Yeah, I've got a better picture of it too. We've got vegetation growing along the home and then touching the roof here. Uh, so trees can drop things that can cause damage to roof. And then they can also rub against the physical structure or the roof and, and cause damage as well. So keeping things clear of roofs is great. We've got just some loose deterioration on the deck boards. There was an area that needed a hand railing that currently doesn't have one because it's taller than 30 inches. So inspector took a picture of that and said, we've got to put a hand, a handrail here. And then getting inside the home, there's no discharge pipe on the water heater over pressure, uh, pressure relief valve. So that's a safety hazard. And basically what this is, if the pressure builds too much in the tank, this valve should open and release that pressure. And if anyone is standing near here or sitting near here, uh, that could burn them and, and, and cause a cause a problem. So having a proper vent pipe or a discharge pipe is important. Then they found that the anchor, the, the laundry basin wasn't properly anchored. It was loose when he moved it. So having something to anchor that to the floor is something I want to have done. Some rust on the, uh, on the chimney cap. And again, this is all really, really minor, minor stuff. Uh, there was some mold growth in the bathroom, which is not to be unexpected. If anyone's lived in a place, they'll know that sometimes mold can grow. Slow drain in the sink. Again, not a big deal. Place some Drano down there or snake the drain. Michael, why didn't yeah, that mold give you concern? Because I know mold is one that people kind of big red flag freak out about. Why did that mold not give you any major concern? Yeah, it's a really good question. So mold in places where it's supposed to be wet doesn't concern me. This is more of a cleanliness issue than a pervasive systemic issue. In in your inspection report that you shared, you had a, a uh, toilet leak from the second floor causing wetness on the ceiling in one of the rooms. The rooms aren't supposed to be wet. Ceilings aren't supposed to be wet. So if we saw mold there or starting to get black mold or mildew, that would be a big cause for concern because two things. One, we could maybe see what's on the roof on the ceiling, but what we can't see is what's behind it. And so we might want to cut a hole and do some investigation to see, okay, how pervasive is the mold? Mold in a shower? I mean, I don't have mold in my shower anymore, but I used to. So it's something that happens in, in wet areas. So the fact that it's here, it's on tile, it's very common, uh, it is not cause for concern. Got it. A great you. question. And yeah, of course. For having mold in your shower. <laughs> hey, man. You He's know, a married all, man now. <laughs> I'm a married man now. Yeah, I had to step up my game big time. <laughs> but when I was when I was young and gross, I had mold in my shower. Uh, so here is uh, the um, the breaker box for the garage, and you can see there are some blank spots that are just open. They're not filled with blanks, so getting blanks installed uh, is great. It's nice to say that there are still open open slots for additional breakers, additional circuits if need be, uh, but we just want to make sure no one sticks their finger in there. And so that's like a dollar fifty 
part at uh, at Home Depot or Ace Hardware. So just getting someone to come install that. And then he tells me that the GFCI protection, um, and that stands by the way for ground fault circuit interrupt interrupter. Uh, it's supposed to be anywhere near water is where these are supposed to be. He said it wasn't functioning properly. So he has a testing tool here and just shows that, hey, it's not working properly. And so the fact that it's an outdoor outlet, uh, they should have GFCI, which they do, but it's just not working properly. So getting that corrected is important. And then noting some loose outlets, just screwing that stuff down is important. And then here's an open uh, box, junction box, which doesn't have a cover on it. It's in the attic or basement. Uh, excuse me, it's in the crawl space in the basement. So not a big deal because no one should be going down there, but it's not right. So getting that corrected. And again, it's a very easy fix. That is so clean down there, dude. <laughs> it's impressively clean. It's impressively <laughs> clean. So here we had pooling in one of the quarters, corners of the crawl space. And so this was something, like I was mentioning before, there's not supposed to be water here. There's not supposed to be moisture here. So why is it here? So I had I called the inspector and we just had a really great conversation. He says, honestly, Michael, for a home of this age, this is like one of the best inspection reports I've ever seen. And having also looked at a lot of inspection reports, this was also a very clean report to look through. So, but this is, this is again, cause for pause. What's going on here? Why is there water here? So I had somebody else, another contractor actually go out and inspect and kind of get an idea of what was going on. And what they thought was there is actually a vent that goes up to the basically ground level near the lawn. And there are automatic sprinklers to water the vegetation and water the landscaping around this property. So what they thought happened is that water was actually going down that vent and getting into the basement. So they don't think that there's water coming up from the ground. They don't think that there's any kind of leak, but they just think it's tr it's it's semi-natural water intrusion, uh, which making some changes to the watering cycle and the way the sprinklers are pointed is likely going to correct that issue. And so here we also see uh, that there was at one point moisture down here on the block walls. So he noticed the, the presence of efflorescence. And we can see that here in these pictures that, hey, at some point, there was likely a little bit of moisture down here. And so, again, I think that's the the same issue of, hey, the the landscaping irrigation is either not timed properly or it's too much or it's just the direction of it isn't quite right. We also saw some sweating on the pipes. And so he just said recommending additional insulation, which not a big deal. We talked about the uh, vegetation near the structure already. And so here we see some additional furry friends. And so we need to get this taken care of. So sealing up all the holes into and out of a structure. And this is in an, in an outbuilding. So not a huge deal. It's not like it's in the house, uh, but still not correct. So we want to get all of these, uh, all of the uh, penetrations into and out of the building sealed as well as penetrations into and out of the electrical box sealed. I mean, I can't blame them. It's nice mama and warm. And two yeah, mama with mama with some babies. So very cute picture, but unfortunately I think we need to evict these these tenants. They're <laughs> they're not welcome. So here that was really it. So 25 pages out of the 62 with some pictures and then uh, he's giving some additional comments on the property as well. And so here we have some interior photos as well. And so he didn't note any asbestos, which was great, which is 
which is common because of the age of the property was built in 89. I believe that asbestos was no longer being used at that point in time. So that in a nutshell was this inspection report. There were not very many issues to speak of. Um, There was nothing really that caused concern other than the water in the basement, in the crawl space. But after hearing some opinions, professional opinions around what they thought was causing that, uh, I think it's a very reasonable explanation. And so it does not think make me think, oh my gosh, there's water coming into this basement. It's going to flood. It's going to cause a lot of issues. So this, again, was one of the cleanest inspection reports that, that I've ever got to view. And um, I was thrilled. So we're very excited about the purchase of the property because I think it is going to be such a such a easy thing to manage short-term rental-wise and kind of preempting, uh, getting ahead of the question. This was actually, we didn't ask for a, a dime in repairs or credits or reduction in purchase price from the seller. I was so impressed with the way things were maintained and we already got it for less than ask. So I said, you know what? We'll just take care of all this stuff. My property manager said, there's probably about $2,000 of stuff to do, little stuff. And I said, you know what? Not even worth frustrating the the seller over because I needed to I had to ask for some favors because I'm doing this via 1031 exchange and so I needed the seller to cooperate with me on my timeline so I said I'm gonna just treat them as best I can in hopes that they're gonna do the same to me so so often I think we get stuck on the numbers and the price and the dollar amount where that's a piece of the deal but the deal itself is comprised of terms and different components and so you want to be able to um, to negotiate where you can when you need to nice. This is good. We had a, a spectrum of, of different properties. Yours, Michael, super clean, didn't really need to ask for much. Pierre, you had a couple loose ends and asked the seller to make those repairs. I didn't, mine wasn't huge, but I knew I was going to have some turns where it's going to add up to like probably 20, 30K with all the little stuff. Uh, and had a couple bigger items that I asked the seller to either credit or lower the price on. So we got a we got a nice spectrum of inspection reports on this one. Yeah, I think it's also important to keep in mind, you know, where are you in your investing journey? Emil, I I was like you. Every inspection report I looked at was was of that caliber with those types of repairs because the, it was a value add play. I mean, you bought this thing knowing you were going to add value to it versus this type of inspection report that we just looked at. This is like already turnkey. There's not a whole lot of value to be extracted right. out of it. I'm buying it for the cash flow. So there's it's important right. to remember, keep that front of mind as well. When is that going to be available to rent? Uh well, so we should be closing on it next week. And then uh we're gonna get it furnished. So hopefully Sweet. a couple weeks after that. Friend friendly discount. Fr- friends and family discount. Absolutely. Absolutely. You heard it here first, folks. As long as you have a good internet connection there, I'll, I'll take a longer one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, something that we're talking about doing actually with the property manager is kind of marketing it as a uh, as a corporate retreat because the front of the property kind of looks like a conference center. So having workstations and really kick butt internet is absolutely going to be uh, going to be present at that property. All right, guys. Well, uh, if you are listening to this episode on the podcast, I highly recommend you go to YouTube, look for Roofstock's channel and watch the videos here. I think it's just so much more helpful when you can actually see the inspection report, see what they look like, see what's called out. Uh, if you're listening, just, just go check out the video. I promise you'll get more out of it. With that, we will check you out on the next episode and happy investing, everyone.